0: to be finished called Breaking Free. We've been following the early church through the book of Acts as they lived in the power of the resurrection and the filling of the Holy Spirit to break free into the life that Christ offers to us, life to the fullest, breaking through various circumstances and showing us how we too can have that uh, breakthrough. So we'll be reading today from Acts chapter 16 verses 16 through 34. I'll invite you to follow along with me. The words will be on the screen. You can also follow along on your phones or in the Bibles in your P-Racks. Hear now the word of the Lord. The we, by the way, that you see at the beginning of verse 16 is going to be Paul and Luke. Uh, Luke is the writer of this uh, book, and it will also include Silas shortly. One day as we were going to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners a great deal of money by fortune-telling. While she followed Paul and us, she would cry out, These men are slaves of the Most High God who proclaim to you a way of salvation. She kept doing this for many days. But Paul, very much annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I order you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. But when her owners saw that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. When they had brought them before the magistrates, they said, These men are disturbing our city. They are Jews and are advocating customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to adopt or observe. The crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates had stripped them of their clothing and ordered them to be beaten with rods. After they had given them a severe flogging, they threw them into prison and ordered the jailer to keep them securely. Following these instructions, he put them in the innermost cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was an earthquake so violent that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. When the jailer woke up and saw the prison doors wide open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, since he supposed the prisoners had escaped." But Paul shouted in a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. The jailer called for lights, and rushing in, he fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And then he brought them outside and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they answered, Believe on the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in the house. And at the same hour of night, he took them and washed their wounds, and he brought his entire family. They were baptized without delay. He brought them up into the house and set food before them, and he as an entire household rejoiced that he had become a believer in God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Pray with me. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts together be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Generally, as a public service, I try to avoid spoiling movies for you in sermons. I just figure it's maybe not good form. Um, But however, when I do talk about a movie, I'll try to choose an older one. Uh, So chances are you've seen it. And here's the deal. I'm just going to tell you right out. I'm I'm hard-nosed about this. If I talk about a 10 to 20-year-old movie and you hadn't seen it yet and I spoil it for you, it's completely on you. There ain't nothing I can do about that. I'm just sorry. There's nothing I can do about it. Um, if you want to bring me a list of movies that you just don't want me to talk about, uh, I'll consider it. Um, or you can work children's trips that day. Who knows? I kid, I kid. Uh, two movies on my mind today. Real quick, uh, the, the Truman Show is one of my favorite movies. Uh, these are not pastoral recommendations, mind you. They just, I trust you grown-ups to know the difference. All right, The Truman Show, one of Jim Carrey's first dramatic roles. Real quick, here's how it goes. Uh, Truman was adopted as a baby by a TV company. As a, what they did was they, they broadcast his life on TV 24 hours a day. It was like a huge hit. Uh, Truman grows up. Everything around him is a set piece. Everybody in his life is an actor. His whole life is a production, even his family. Along the way, uh, Truman is thinking that he's living his own life and making his own choices, and he gets suspicious and discovers what's really going on. All along, Truman thought he was free. It turns out, Truman wasn't quite as free as he thought. Another movie uh, comes to mind. Again, not a pastoral recommendation, but just a movie that I've seen. (laughs) The Shawshank Redemption. It was a good movie. Uh, Good in terms of uh, entertaining. So the movie takes place in Shawshank Prison. So there in Shawshank Prison, the prisoners spend their days dealing with the difficulties of prison life. And in between, they're dreaming about what it will be like when they get out. One of those main characters is a guy named Red, played like Morgan Freeman. He has a great quote, and um, I didn't work on my Morgan Freeman impersonation, Brian, so it's not going to work. But he says, these walls, referring to the prison, these walls are funny. First you hate them, then you get used to them, and enough time passes, you get so you depend on them. We actually see that play out in one of the saddest situations in that movie. There's an elderly inmate named Brooks. He's been in prison for most of his life. In one way or another, he's, he's released from prison. He's free. But boy, does he have a hard time dealing with his freedom. The world's different. He doesn't know how to live without the institution around him. And so though he is free, he is bound up in, in ways that he just can't get through. And sadly, sadly, Brooks takes the way out that, that it's heartbreaking. He takes his own life. It turns out that Red was right. He spent so long in prison that he didn't know how to be free. Just because people appear free, it doesn't mean that they're free. Or as one writer put it, there's freedom, and then there's freedom, and there's a difference. And that's what we see in many ways in this story from Acts. i try to take it briefly. At first glance, it seems to be clear, just clear who's free and who's not. I mean, you've got a slave girl, for example, not free. Not only is she a slave, but she is also uh, possessed by a spirit of divination, doubly not free. And then Paul and Silas themselves and, and the others that are with him, they get locked up in prison not just locked up in prison, but the Bible's clear to tell us in the innermost cell with stocks fastened around their legs. The, the definition of not free. It seems really clear who's not free here. And then you can see, if you look, it seems clear who is free. It seems clear who is free. You've got the, um, the slave owners themselves and the, the magistrates and the jailer. They all seem free. They can choose and go about doing what they'd like. They can take advantage of the free markets, the The law and the will of the people are on their side. Pretty clear cut. That's how it appears anyway. That's how it appears until they encounter Christ. You see, there's a a great reversal that happens here. The presence of the gospel of Christ, the presence of Jesus and the ministry of his church, uh, exposes where people who appear to be free are not. And also sets the people free who are not. So just look at this with me real quick. The slave owners, they appear free. They really do. Uh, they're not slaves, but they're bound by their love of money to the point where when it's threatened, when their livelihood is threatened, they resort to some dark business. They drag Paul and Silas, who cast out the spirit from their, their slave girl, they drag them before the magistrates, and, and they don't even make a good case. They make a dark, and, a dark case that doesn't matter about truth. Uh, they just say, these guys are, are doing things that are unlawful. Take them away. They play on the people's fear of the other. You notice how sometimes we can be afraid of the other? Everybody, these guys are Jews and they are doing things that Romans just don't do. They get thrown in prison. Slave owners, they appear free, but their freedom seems to require somebody else's bondage. That's not freedom at all, is it? They are bound by their greed and their love of money. The magistrates are there. Uh, they're elected officials. They seem to be free. They hold the keys to the prison. But just because they do doesn't mean they're not imprisoned themselves. This time by public opinion. They don't want to do anything other than what the people want. And then the jailer. The jailer. He's got a good job. He's got a family at home, the text tells us. All seems well. But you know as well as I do that just because a person appears well doesn't mean that they are well. Just because a person appears well doesn't mean that they are well. You see, what happens is an earthquake uh, allows the prisoners to break out of the cell. That's not his fault. I don't know. He's not Thanos. He can't call an earthquake down. That was a Marvel Cinematic Universe reference for those who care. Uh, He didn't cause the earthquake. He can't. But still, for some reason, the consequences he fears are going to be his. And he is so distraught when he realizes that the prisoners are free that he is on the verge of taking his own life before Paul intervenes. So my question is, what must be going on in his life where this event drives him to the edge? He's not quite as free as he seems, is he? And so I guess there's freedom, and then there's Freedom. On the other hand, however, the slave girl is freed from possession and slavery by calling on the name of Christ. Paul and Silas break free from uh, the prison by an act of God. One more time, though, the jailer. We actually see him go full circle. He begins with a false sense of freedom, exposed by the presence of God's work, but then he turns his life towards Jesus, who grants him the freedom that he always wanted but could never find. And so it's a story of reversals. Those who appear free are not. But those who appear to be bound by the end are free. Do you see the difference? And what is the fulcrum of that seesaw? What is the difference maker? And it is Jesus. It is the presence of Christ, the work of God, and the ministry of the church. Christ is the arbiter of freedom. Not you, not me, not the images that we uh, project of ourselves, not anything we could attempt. Christ is the bondage breaker. That is Jesus And what we can see here is that freedom for people is so freely available, so accessible, so immediate that the jailer, his life, can turn around in an instant. The slave girl's life could turn around in an instant. We don't have to wait for the key to the door or an earthquake to come to experience the freedom that Christ brings us. The Bible tells us, in fact, that whoever the son makes free will be free indeed. Will be free indeed. So, Reversals all over the place. You have the appearance of freedom and then actual freedom. And so the question I want to ask us today is, are you truly free? Are you truly free? And that's a good question to ask ourselves. It's a good time to do it. Where are you bound by your fears? Where are you imprisoned by the opinions or the influence of other people? Where are you bound by worldly gain or even an insecurity or anything else? It's good. It's good to answer these questions and to get honest with ourselves. Because listen to me, every place where you settle for the appearance of freedom denies you the opportunity to allow Christ to give you real freedom. Every place in your life that you settle for the appearance of freedom robs you from the opportunity for Christ to give you real freedom. And so it's important for us to ask ourselves to open our hearts, to allow God to reveal to us, just like he did to the people in the story, reveal where you are bound. And then let us cry out like the jailer did, for freedom, for freedom. But what about the people around you? Are there maybe people in your circle of influence that maybe you aren't sharing the gospel with, or you aren't speaking into their lives because they seem to have it all together? You know as well as I do that what people present and what their lives are actually like are not the same thing. And listen, I'm going to tell you a a truth that um, might be hard for some folks to hear is that even and especially in the church, the way that we present ourselves is not always what's really happening in our lives. And so if we say, oh, gosh, everybody, they, they just have it all together. I don't, need to, I don't need to share the gospel. I don't need to speak life into them. I don't need to encourage them. I don't need to challenge them to grow or to take the next step because they've obviously got it all together. Please don't deny your brothers and sisters in Christ or the lost people in the world the opportunity to experience the freedom of Christ because they look like they've got it all together. Because if the jailer tells us anything, is that sometimes when people look like they have it all together, They're in desperate need of true freedom. Think about your own life. I know in my own life, I know very well what that distance feels like between reality and the way I want people to see me. Don't you know that about yourself? If not, then maybe you just haven't realized it yet. True freedom comes from Christ. Anytime we, ourselves, or we let others settle for the appearance of freedom, we deny the opportunity for Christ to set us truly free. Because freedom is found in Christ. And Jesus is available to all people at every moment. And all it takes is a moment to experience true freedom. And as the Bible teaches us, if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. Amen? Amen. Pray with me. Father, as we prepare to come to the table and be present with you in this special way, I pray that just like your presence in the story showed people's bondage, that you would show us ours so that we could seek you for true freedom. May we open our hearts, Father, by your spirit with such courage that we would allow you to do this work. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.